Hey everybody, Terry Welbrock here. Just wanted to thank you for being here and being a part of this healing space. Uh, this is my soul work, as I've said often on this show and on my social media accounts. Um, so yeah, I just feel compelled to put this beautiful light of hope out into the world with these interviews and uh, just this inspiration that's happening in the world right now. I just, I don't know, I feel as if there's a darkness that's trying to overcome us. And you look on social media and you look on the news and it's just so overwhelming, but there's so much goodness and there's so much light and uh, we just need to focus on that. So that is my goal with this show. And again, I just, uh, I thank you for being here. Again, if you want to go to um, my academy.terrywellbrock.com, I have some courses on there, and I have a um, some coaching that I just started to utilize as well. So be sure to go visit that. Visit terrywellbrock.com, T-E-R-I-W-E-L-L-B-R-O-C-K, and you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter. And be sure to go to the YouTube channel or uh, the Facebook page or any of the audio outlets and subscribe. Um, the podcast just hit downloaded in 100 countries. Woohoo! So that's a big uh, that's a big milestone. We've, we're now in 100 countries. All right. Well, this was a, a great interview coming up. So stay tuned. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, and so excited to have with me today, Paulina Milana. And I'm going to read this that I just wrote down because it's so amazing. So Paulina's Madness to Magic coaching program helps others find their passion and triumph from adversity. And she is an author, coach, podcaster, speaker, blogger, has a new book coming out. Um, so welcome, Paulina. Thank you so much. It really is a pleasure coming here. Thank you. Absolutely. Talk talk to us about who you are and what you're doing in the world. Sure. Who I am and what I'm doing in the world. That's that's a simple <laughs> a simple question. Yeah. So um so gosh, I am first generation. My parents came over from Sicily. I basically um took on the role of Piccola Mama, which is little mother. I became a caregiver kid. Why? Because one, English wasn't our first language. So I helped my parents with everything that they needed to communicate, but more so because my mother was a, um, well, she went I undiagnosed for a very long time with her paranoid schizophrenia. And during that time became pretty, um, rageful. And my upbringing was, um, was really the whole family was centered around this mental illness and caring for her in, in this book, um, committed. So, so that whole part of my story was told in a book that published in 2015 called the S word. And then this book committed that just came out May 4th, this book is about when I get a chance to go away to college for a year and escape the crazy of my home life. And while I'm there for the year, I am trying to pretend not only that I don't belong to this madness of a family, but 
that the voices in my own head are normal. I try to exist as a normal person. Letters keep coming from home, trying to pull me back in. The whole memoir is told with these letters. They actually are in the book. It's an epistolary memoir. And after that first year, that's the first part of the book, I come back and I am focused on trying to get myself out. And instead, what happens is my father unexpectedly dies and I am left to care for my mother. On top of that, two years after my dad dies, my little sister has a psychotic episode and I have to commit her. And then I'm left caregiver to both. I keep it secret from the outside world. I practically eat myself to death. I was about between 250 and 300 pounds. And at one point, I just decide that it is a better solution to take myself out and take them with me. So it's ironic because the whole concept of committed is who is who among us is crazy? Who among us is not crazy? It just depends on kind of what's going on in your life. And if you are someone who has a mental illness, or if you are someone who cares for someone with a mental illness, there's a lot, there's a lot that is involved in that. And we as a society, I don't think we're putting the emphasis on it. And too many people are suffering in silence. So when you say kind of who I am, that's a bit of my background. But now I am, um, you know, I started out, my roots are in journalism. I started out as a reporter for a, a major daily newspaper. I went into then PR, marketing, media. I made it to, you know, C-suite level. Uh, and then I started writing my books. They were always in me. And I now have four out, two won some major awards just uh, the other day, which I'm very proud of. And then um, Committed is my latest. I also have a writing coaching uh, business. And my next class is June 8th. Uh, I love it because it's full of primarily baby boomers who have great stories to tell. And I'm helping them get them out and onto the page. And I also help people whether it's personal issues, um, career issues, whatever it is, whatever madness that's surrounding them, I help them find the magic. So there, there you go. That's in a nutshell, huh? Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> it took awesome. me who knows how long. <laughs> I can no, talk I forever, it. especially if my hands are involved. So <laughs> right. careful. Right. Well, one, I mean, just thank you for sharing your truth with others because, and I say it so often on this podcast because so many who are in the healing arena, those out there putting these, their, their truths out. Oh my gosh. By sharing those truths, just what, how much they help others to exactly. one, know they're not alone Two, with advice and guidance. And so, yeah, what a gift you're offering others by sharing that truth. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I think what you say is so important because the problem isn't the thing. The problem is that we're ashamed by it, that we hide it, right? It's the silence that suffocates. So what you're saying is, is so true. If we share more of these stories, we have the power to change the narrative. Yes, absolutely. I, from my, even from my own perspective, when I used to have horrific panic attacks for 25 years and, and 
I was so embarrassed by them because I'm a smart person. I consider myself a smart person. Why can't I logic my way out of this? Why, <laughs> why can't I talk my way out of this? Until the day I remember walking through a grocery store parking lot and I had this horrific fear of open spaces and I was going headed to the store and became overwhelmed with a panic attack. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. And I, I had reached the point where I couldn't do it anymore. And I turned to the person walking near me with their cart. And I said, I'm having a panic attack and I don't think I can make it to the door. Can you help me? And they were like, they were so compassionate. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What do you need? And I was like, if I could just like hold onto your arm, like touch you, it was that grounding. I didn't understand it yet. Yes. Oh my gosh. And wow. Everything shifted from there, but you're yeah. right. Yeah. That's just like starting to put know, our truth out there. <laughs> exactly. And look, I, it, it must've been super scary to even tell that person, right. You don't know them. You're and they're probably like, oh my gosh, what's going on here. People don't want to get involved, but look at what happened, right? If we give people the chance to actually help, you know, let them know that there's something going on. I, I really believe they will step up. It's, it's just, it's, it's our, it's not only our fear and the stigma that's attached to it with ourselves, but it's also kind of like that um, self-fulfilling prophecy. We think no one else will care. We think no one else will get it. And, and there is some truth to that, right? Nobody can understand a panic attack unless they've really had a panic attack. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't think you can. No one can understand schizophrenia fully unless you've had it. No one can understand what it's like to care for someone with a mental illness unless you're walking in those shoes. So there is some element of truth to that. But how is anybody supposed to get it if we don't start explaining what it is? Right. right. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Wonderful. Now, one thing you did mention, you said you have a, uh, something coming up June 8th. This episode probably won't come out before then. So do you keep... Uh, put notices on, on your website and so forth or social I media do. where people can yes. you know, so, come out, find those classes. They absolutely can. So, so the next one is June 8th. It goes for six weeks and then I'll be doing another one. Um, probably in July. I, I do have, I don't know when this podcast comes out, but I do have other kind of, um, programming like, and I don't know if this matters to you or, but I'm super psyched because NPR, I guess June 10th is doing something with me. It's just, it's, it's nice because I mean, here's, here's the interesting part. And I know this has nothing to do with what you just asked me, but, <laughs> but it's my, it's my way of tangent. Uh, I love it. <laughs> but, I said, take it where you want. <laughs> well, what's really kind of cool is um, the number of, you know, let's just call them celebrity hosts. I'll consider you a celebrity host here who have these programs who they themselves have had these issues. It's, it is so much more common than, than we think like on different kind of levels. I it's, it's super encouraging helping other people tell their stories that to me, I mean, it's been at my core since I was, you know, at the Daily Herald newspaper uh, in a suburb of Chicago, I, I'm so psyched to now be able to help other people tell their stories. And, and just the other day, so I, I mentioned that my other two books, one 
awards yesterday. Very thrilled, right? And then I got a card in the mail, a handwritten card from one of the people, one of the students who signed up for my June 8th class. That blew, I mean, I'm grateful for the awards, don't get me wrong. What she said in there about, thank you so much for listening to my story without judgment. And then she went on about just some awesome things. Now, know this, we haven't even started the class. We only had the initial kind of conversation to even see if there was kind of a, a fit or an opportunity for her to be in the class. I, it, I, it, it really, it so moved me. And I just think to myself, how many people are out there, especially those of a certain age who didn't grow up with social media where you can, you know, post everything you're eating and pooping, you know, on a 24 seven level, right? But how many of those people are out there kind of just with so many stories of, of what made them who they are today, locked up inside? Is that, is that part of the reason why people are in such a rage that, you know what I mean? That they have to rage against others. They have to, you know, like explode in who knows what. I, is that the reason so many people are depressed. Yeah, I, I, I would guess yes. I, you know, in my in my book, Committed, um, there are so many letters from my mother, and they're a fraction of all the letters that I kept throughout the years. So many letters from my mother. I, I kept her as a child, a teenager, even a young adult. I kept her often at arms distance, right? Because one, I was afraid to catch crazy. Um, you know, I, I understood that schizophrenia, if you have a parent who is a schizophrenic, um, it's something like 25 to 50% more possible that a child will inherit it. Well, my little sister inherited it, but that didn't mean it wouldn't touch me. So until my thirties, all I did was pray, please don't let me be like my mom. What I didn't realize, there were so many parts of my mom that were spectacular. That, that woman came from Sicily. She was commissioned by Pucci, the famous designer, because she was so great at her skills. She learned another language. She raised four kids. She, you know, she was, she was a whole person with stories of her own of when she was in love, you know, the first time as a teenager. Um, in the book, I write about her, you know, not not knowing her favorite song and then and then realizing what it was. You know, she had two. One, one was Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy, which is hysterical if you knew my mother and her thoughts on sex. Um, and the other was Bohemian Rhapsody from Queen, which was which is my favorite band. So there are so many things that we try to put in a box. And when it comes to mental illness, we kind of put it over there. Like, okay, and we label that person. That person is mentally ill, quote, unquote. And we forget of everything else that the person is. And we forget that at any given time, we ourselves can fall victim to something, depression. I mean, heck, when somebody we love dies, our jobs give us, what, three days off, right, to get over it 
I mean, grief is not even allowed. And in those letters from my mother, now going through them again with this perspective at this age and reading her own angst, her own fears, her own what's happening to me kind of thing. And in those days, you didn't have Google. You didn't have social media to figure out, oh, wait a minute, there's other people who have this, right? So completely alone, it's just, um, it really is kind of insight into who we are and, and, and the fact that we are more alike than we are different, yeah. right? So, so anyway, I'm, I'm super proud of this, of this book. I mean, I'm proud of all my books, but this one just, it, it's more my family's memoir than just mine. And those letters allow them all to have their own voice. Yes. Well, to go back for one second, there's so much I want to address. <laughs> one, I so understand what you're saying about accolades are wonderful and awards and saying, oh my gosh, this, this book you've written or this or this, the podcast, whatever is wonderful. But when you hear from that one person, yeah. It's that one person. And that's what I always remind myself is I'm doing it for the one. I'm doing it for that, yep. that person that I can help. So, Definitely. I mean, yeah. again, what a gift you've given. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, you know what, what a gift I've given. And, and you keep saying that. And I, I love you for saying it, but what a gift they've given to me. I, even my first book, and I, I say this, if every, anyone's out there thinking to themselves, wow, I have a story and I would love to say it, but I'm, I'm afraid and I'm not a great you know, writer and whatever those self-doubts are going on in your head, we all have those voices. Every single one of us, not just me, but but authors that are way, way up there, they all start out with, oh my gosh, can I even do this? And my first book called The S Word, which is the sequel to Committed, that book took me 10 years to write because- <laughs> I was just going to say, my book's taken me 10 years. <laughs> okay. See, okay, but but here's what I want you to know. So it took me 10 years, in great part because it was trauma, in great part it was my yeah. first time even writing a book of, of 80,000 words, right? And I put it in a drawer when the manuscript was done. I, I thought to myself, am I crazy? I'm going to let the world know all this stuff because, you know, in my books, I, you know, nobody's, nobody's lily white nobody's black and white. I come off as, you know, much of a danger as anybody else. Right. So, um, I put it in a drawer and I thought, well, you know what? It's enough. I wrote it. And that's great. Sometimes it is enough. Then one day I went down to the bottom of my hill. We have a, um, a grocery store called smart and final. And at that time I had a, a favorite checkout person. She was maybe 16, uh, Sarah. I, I call her Sarah, but that wasn't her name. And, um, and Sarah, I'm, I'm walking in and she's talking to this elderly guy and you can see her face go from super happy to complete like, oh my God, what is he saying to me? And just fear and disgust. He leaves. I come up and I say, well, that was an interesting, you know, Thing. Like what happened there? I kind of asked her, she tells me, and it had to do with um, a longtime customer who made a very inappropriate um, 
proposition to her. Uh, and it, there was no um, masking it like, oh, maybe he meant this. Maybe he meant this. No, nope. it was dead on. Straight out. Right. Straight out. And I said to her, oh, my gosh, what did you say? And she said to me, you know, Paulina, I didn't know what to say. No, nobody teaches you what to say in those in these kinds of situations right there. I took it as a message from God that I needed to take that manuscript out and get a publisher. Why? Because in that book, the first one, the S word, it's not just about schizophrenia. It's not just about being Sicilian, another S word. It's also about sexual awareness and suicide and so many other things. In that book, authority figures, adults who should know better, didn't. And that whole book spoke to what Sarah needed. And that one person made me just go and, and do it. So to anyone out there who's got doubts, who don't, don't buy trouble, get your story out, put it on paper, and then, you know, a little bit deal with the rest of the stuff. But getting it out, to yeah. me, I call it vomiting it out. And you feel so much better, right? No matter who sees it, you feel so much better. I always hope that somebody cleans it up after I, you know, let you know, toss my cookies. But we're 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 talking about something different here, anyway. But yeah. um, I yeah. call it. I, I say the same thing. Like I I go blah. I just blah blah. Just, <laughs> put it out there. <laughs> put it out there. You know, nothing has to be perfect. That's that's the other thing too that I have learned in this little journey. I I I function at a pretty high level. And I, I lately, <laughs> this sounds, this sounds terrible, but I lately have lowered my bar. I, I don't have to be perfect. And, and you know, what's interesting. I have found that it's enough that I'm enough. It, you don't have to, right. Be top of the game. You all, what you have to do is love what you do and enjoy the moment. That's, that's the key. Oh my gosh. I love it. I, I, I think I've done it too. When you just said it, I said, Oh my gosh, I think I've lowered my bar too. I right. blame it on Island life. I've, I've come into Island life. So, you know what? I got to get out there because everyone talks about it. And I, I, I got to think about how to do that. I, um, because everyone says it's stunning. And I, and, and that's one part that I have never been to. I don't know why, but maybe it's because I was supposed to meet you. Maybe, right? Maybe. Right, right. <laughs> well, it is. I mean, it's just, it's nature. It's, they've left so many of the trees and it's just Spanish moss hanging and it's just, oh my gosh, it's so wow. beautiful. Yeah. That sounds very, um, you know, in many ways I, I envision that gone with the wind look, you know what I mean? With yeah, the weeping right. willows and the, I mean, if that's, if that's what it is, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see it. But anyway. Thank yeah. you for the invitation. We'll be over next week. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Come on. <laughs> well, another thing that I want to go back to is just your mom's story, because what resonated with me is my mom's 85. Uh, she's celebrating two years sober in July. So next wow. month. Congratulations. So yeah. Thanks. I'm so proud of her. And um, she watches these on YouTube. Hi, mom. <laughs> And Hi, she Mom. says, I get to see you on TV. It's, it's just so cute because she thinks I'm a TV star. So <laughs> let her think. Let 
better think that. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, but what I love is that what you said about your mom in these letters. Oh, it's just, it so touched my heart because when she started finally doing her healing work at 83 years old, I mean, here she was 83. It was, she started to tell me her truths the horrible things that had happened to her in her childhood that she hadn't told anyone before. She hadn't talked about it. And so I think it was that and other things that really helped her reach this place where she was finally able to let go of alcohol as, as this self-medicine. Yes. Uh, Yeah. 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 And so often, I mean, you know, for your mom, it was alcohol to numb, right. Right. For, for me, it's been food and it's, you know, and for some people, it's the very opposite. It's not eating, right? So, so I don't want to make this sound as if whenever we see somebody take a drink, it means something's wrong because that's not true. I don't want this to be when we see someone who's got added pounds that something is wrong because that's not true. It's it's just it's all unique to each person, but the fact that the more we try to keep it in the more that that just that that's what what does us in oh yes yeah. most yeah. definitely yeah mm-hmm. i i say it i think almost every show that we're all on our own healing journeys and yeah 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 absolutely yeah awesome so anything that you wanted to touch upon that we haven't had a chance to to touch upon yet um you know i think especially with this pandemic and with everything that has been happening this past year, now we're starting to come out of it. And I really hope, number one, that people who found themselves for maybe the first time alone with themselves, maybe take the time if they haven't already to sit with it, sit with yourself, start writing down whatever's kind of coming up, you know, not shutting it down. It helps with everything that you're dealing with, whether it's work or family life, those moments of letting that, you know, if we want to call it the inner child of letting that little kid come out and be like, what the heck is going on here? Go ahead and, you know, listen to the kid as if it was a child. And then I really pray that as we open up, as, as life evolves, that we don't go back to what we were. I think this, I think in so many ways, this was a gift to us and you know, let's open it up. Let's, let's really, you know, use it, play with it. Um, take it, take it to our higher selves versus what we were, because I think there's so much more potential that every, every one of us has. Let's, let's explore that and, and find new ways to actually not only live our truths, but do it so that we let others live theirs, whatever they are, even if they don't, you know, coincide with ours. That's, that's what I'd like to say. Yes. What a beautiful message to honor, honor one another's stories. And yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Beautiful. So how do folks get a hold of you find the book, all that stuff? So, um, 
you can hop onto my website and it's called madness to magic and that's to so madness to magic.com um you will find everything there the books are under the books tab um but i also have all of the coaching information there the um if you want to go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble, you can find the book under my name, Paulina Milana, along with the other books. Um, but whatever you do, I really, I, I have an ask that when you buy the book, I'm not even gonna say if, but when you buy the book, um, please leave, you know, a review because the more people, I mean, and we've got some incredible reviews on all the books. I'm, I'm so grateful for the ones we have, even the ones that aren't, you know, stellar, you, you, you hear something, you learn something, I learn something. And I, I really would appreciate the reviews for anyone who does um, read the book and let others know about it. Yeah. Well, I know when I go to buy a book on Amazon or which is normally where I buy mine, but wherever I, I read the reviews, I go down yes. and look and say, oh my gosh, this book has, right. you know, a hundred five-star reviews. Right. That's amazing. And right. so I'll go through and read and um, usually something will resonate and I'll say, yeah. oh, I totally have to read this book. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And you are more than welcome to email me. I've, I've, you know, those are the things too, that really hit home those personal emails of people saying, Hey, I didn't want to post publicly, but your book meant something to me. So if you want, it's power Lena at madnesstomagic.com. So it's power, L-I-N-A, at madnesstomagic.com. I welcome. Wonderful. All right. Well, it's just been such a, such a joy to have you here. And I thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you. I loved it, Terry. All right. Wonderful. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the academy.terrywellbrock.com for the courses. But if you go to my website, terrywellbrock.com, you can sign up for my monthly Hope for Healing newsletter, which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows. Um, and just a great space for, uh, again, healing and hope strategies. Thanks for, again, being here and being a part of this healing space. I very much appreciate you. All right. Bye-bye.